All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pull up to the spot where I met you then. You're listening Shawty to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. She don't love me Little slow jams coming in today, Jared. Wow. Local artists? This is local Edmonton artists being promoted today on Oilers Nation Radio, courtesy of Jared. Welcome. Welcome, boys. To my left, Cam. Or to my left, Dan, sorry, across from me, Cam. He is back from Vegas. Across the table is Chris. Behind me is Rick. I want to welcome you all to episode 19 of Oilers Nation Radio, brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Chris, I don't know if you saw last night, but both Frank and Gus were on board with an Oilers win, and the Oilers needed the good boys to unite. A little extra help from the universe, if you know what I'm saying. We are uh, halfway through the season, and admittedly, I, I don't think we've kept up the last few games with the uh, Gus and Frank scoreboard. I would say a few months. We fell off when you went to Mexico. Ah, so see, we, we can go just, back through. I know Frank is seven games oh yeah. over 500. This might this be a good little Friday afternoon activity to go back and uh, rekindle that scoreboard to see where they're really at. All I know is that they united or there's one. Is that a coincidence? No, it's not. The dogs powered them to victory, just as everyone knows that they did. Thank you to our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant for making this possible. Go give them a follow on Twitter at Sherwood Ford. Give them a follow on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Boys, I want to start off this week's podcast by talking about last night's win over the Florida Panthers. I want to go around the table really quickly and see if anyone expected them to win that game at various stages of the night. Meaning, after the second period, did you look at what was going on despite the game being tied and think, wow, they always got a real good shot at winning this thing? Or were you looking at the shot clock, getting yourself a little bit nervous because it did not look well. Dan, I'll start with you. What do you think of last night's game? Well, take it away. The obvious one when I thought that it was all over was when the puck went in off of both Larson and Caleb Jones. Speaking uh, of which, how many own goals are the Oilers going to get right that's now? That's three in the last two games. That's this, pretty is, high. this is just our life now. Well, that's, that's where I kind of thought that the team was just going to deflate and be done. And uh, you know what? They turned it on for the last 28 seconds. And... Uh, we got a win out of it. Yeah, that was actually the only time I felt confident that we were going to win the game. Like as soon as they scored the tying goal with like eight seconds left. After that, I was <laughs> that's like, a pretty okay. so for, that's pretty bold. So Chris. for fifty nine fifty, you were I just really had, I had no I had no confidence, and I'm sorry I feel that way, but I just can't help it. 
And even Hitchcock after the game said that, uh, what was it, like, end of the first period, he could just tell everyone knew that they were just bagged and no one felt confident, like, on the bench. Like, it just seemed like it was a group. They just didn't feel good about the game. It was the first game back from the California road trip. That tends to be a tough one a lot of times. Cam, what do you think? I yeah no I'm 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 with Chris I had like very few points during this game thought they were going to win even after McDavid scored the tying goal I was kind of like geez it'd be extremely right now Oilers if they ended up just dropping this thing in overtime I'll be the homer here I went into the game expecting a win that first period might have been a little <laughs> bit rough for you. What uh, first period after this, did you, did after you the second period it? I said we're gonna have a three goal period we're gonna come out and we're gonna win this one Things didn't go so well. It was very hard for me to watch. Uh, but when you've got Connor, you got Leon, and you've got uh, Nuge out there, and you're playing a team like Florida, you're down by a goal, you always, always, always are still in the game. Whether it's eight seconds left or 80 seconds left, it doesn't really matter. And then getting overtime, I always think we're going to win in overtime. So. Oh, yeah. As soon as we take it to extra time, you know, I don't know what our percentage is, probably 80%. We're undefeated in the shootout. I think we have... 2-0 and in the shootout. They beat St. Louis and they beat Florida. Yeah. And as far as I think we've only lost I think the only loss in OT was that uh, Anaheim one. Right? We've lost two. Two. Oh, we the, lost the, the Crosby time. one too. When Crosby, Crosby and when Crosby ended Ryan Strom's career as an oiler. I think after that goal was scored, that's when <laughs> Chiarelli was like, holy fuck. No. Uh, good thing Ryan Spooner's in there to fill in that gap left by Ryan Strom because Ryan Spooner is doing very, very well in his tenure with the Edmonton Oilers. He looks great out there. One thing I wanted to bring up is... Last night, I didn't suffer this problem because I am a TELUS customer. However, it seemed like folks that have Shaw as their provider were not having a very good time last night. I saw a lot of videos of what looked like a strobe light. I saw a lot of videos of people missing things entirely. It looked like uh, your dial-up internet cut out midway through loading an image. Did anybody? Does anybody here have Shaw? I have yes. Shaw, yeah. I have Shaw, yeah. Shaw's, Did all, all of Shaw you guys? Satellite. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I I bitch a lot about having Telus, but uh, they pulled through for us last nice. night. Hey, nice, Chris. You and I we just got a crystal clear. I, view. I was watching the first period at home, and it was bad. And then I went to the gym, thinking, "All right, like they'll have I don't know something else." So then I go on the treadmill, and it's just like, it, like you know, when you watch a game on a treadmill, is already fucked. It was like that kind of fucked plus chopping in and out fucked. So it was like I imagine what it's like watching the game on LSD. Yeah, it was horrible. I even tweeted out to I think it's Shaw Help or something like that. And they gave me their sincerest apologies. And I, I suggested, hey, well, why don't we just put it on a different channel? I be, believe there is something called Sportsnet Oilers. Uh, they said they can't do that. And then somehow at the end of the second period, they figured out how to do it. And I said, all right, we're good. I'm okay. I'm happy. Turn it over 302. Turn that on. And about eight minutes into the third period, that one shit out on us too. That's two games now in the last two or three weeks that Shaw's not really come through for us like what is happening over there i think i'm gonna start looking for the phone number for bill yeah i'm starting to think that peter chiarelli was put in charge of shaw's streams because the game was unwatchable and it seems like something peter chiarelli would be on on top of i actually thought that was an underappreciated tweet from you last night yeah i thought that was gonna get a lot more love i put that out and i put my phone in my pocket and i was chuckling and i was like i'm ready to go (laughs) into my mentions and see a lot of retweets and a lot of likes and i didn't and i was sad did you guys miss anything specifically like was there a goal you didn't see or was there something a major event that you missed entirely i had to switch over to the nhl game center uh that i used for hockey fights clips and that that feed was was bad too but I all out, I all out missed the Florida Panthers uh, goal when then the Oilers scored right afterwards. So I hit refresh on the the feed and saw that the Panthers are up one nothing and the Oilers were celebrating. So I was, I was super confused as to what was going on. I had um, like at the very end, I see Florida with the puck behind the net, and I'm like, all right, this thing's over. So then my feed starts crapping out, and I'm like, I'm on my phone, like ready to say something condescending about the Oilers and Chiarelli and be an asshole online, and then the street stream just like comes back in and their Oilers are celebrating and I'm like oh what the fuck like okay so did, did you guys not see James Reimer just rob Dreisaitl no when yeah, yeah I saw that yeah so I, Con- that. I don't think it was Connor someone passed dished it to Dreisaitl back door he had a wide open net Reimer robs him with the glove Dreisaitl starts to half celebrate and then realize he didn't score goes and picks up the puck in the corner passes it to Connor and that's how they oh, score wow Dan, you pulled up an interesting stat about when uh, teams score in the last couple of seconds of a hockey game. Do you have that ready? 
Uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting that Dan shows me this thing. He's like, "Hey, check this out." Hey, it was a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. It was like forty seconds ago. So anyway, the teams are teams are four zero and two after tying the game with less than ten seconds to go this year. So in six instances, only two losses. Oh, it's the momentum. Could you imagine losing in regulation after you tied with under ten seconds to go? Oh, that'd be like two teams have lost an OT, but imagine scoring with like nine seconds. The other team comes. Didn't the Oilers do that like three years ago against the Coyotes? They tied it up with like a minute left to go, and then the Coyotes scored with like ten seconds left to go. So yeah, I mean, the Oilers Oilers have done it. I want to go ahead and thank Connor McDavid for strapping the team to his back again last night. I think that was. I think that was more on Leon the the game tying goal. I think that was that 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 last sequence. Like even. Yeah, even in my in my in my recap, I did that image of the Simpsons one with the Mike Tyson McDavid saving them. But I really think it was Leon. Like that, that was, pass that was, was definitely, so good. That one that one definitely goes out to Mister All Star Leon Drysital. I know Connor was in front to bang that home. But most the of the guys, most of the guys on our team couldn't do that anyways. Exactly. But <laughs> nobody else on the team can get open like McDavid. Yeah, but but that whole play came from that pass from Leon. He picked the puck up in the corner, got it out there, fed it through, probably sauced it over someone's stick, laid it flat. Connor put it home. That's why in the last minute against a team like the that, patience we too. could always win a damn game. Arguably, though, if he had just put away the puck and not got robbed by Reimer. Honestly, the way if... It would have been a pass from if, McDavid that set it up. Well, I mean, as Dan would say, Dry Settle right now should be in the AHL base on his play. <laughs> he proved that last night with his game-tying pass. Yep. He bailed himself out, but he should have scored the goal, and he should be in the age. Exactly. I want to go ahead and thank both of those guys for making me delete about 500 words from the wrap-up last night. Oh. I was raging. I had a witty title locked in. I had a great Simpsons image for a loss. I was thinking about you. That's I got rid like, of it all. <laughs> there's nothing worse than a late goal. I mean, you'll obviously take the win any of day. Of course. But it's just nothing a pain worse than a late goal. Of course. <laughs> I like boring, predictable games where you can just see what's going to happen. You finish the wrap-up early. Yeah. It, it I almost like, should have like banked that last paragraph that I had written and just save it for another day. I can just like sub in a different team name or something. You honestly should, like have just, you should have just kept it and did like the WordPress feature where you just like put the line strike through the middle. Yeah, so like everyone Dusty can did just that. read. Yeah, so everyone oh, can okay. read your angry content. <laughs> yeah, Dusty did that this morning in his article. You can see the game. just like just how on like different ends of the spectrum we exist is either very good or very bad. There's nowhere in the middle. Yeah. Like I wish I could, I, I even wish I remember what the title I had was, but I was super salty last night. Rick mentioned it behind me. I want to move on now. Leon Drysaddle got voted to the all-star game in the last man in vote. I'm going to go ahead and take most of the credit for that myself. I wrote an article on Tuesday at the nation urging people to vote because it was last call. Chris thoughts on Leon going to the all-star game. I think that's cool. I think that's Leon's first time, hey, going. Sure is. And uh, he'll definitely keep Connor company. Like, it'll be a lot more fun for McDavid. Being at the All-Star with his buddy and teammate, uh, they'll light it up. His liney. His His liney. Hockey lingo, man, is the worst. Dan is our resident Leon Dreisaitl hater. What do you think about him going to the All-Star game? I kind of wanted to see Logan Couture there. I don't think that we have enough Sharks representation with only three of them going. Sharks, the only team in the NHL with three representatives. Go ahead, Dan. I kind of wanted to see a fourth one there. That's Logan all. Couture was in. I also, I honestly don't know why Joe Pavelski is going. Joe Pavelski has like 26 goals. Yeah, he's on pace for almost No, like 15. I get that, but he's he's kind of shooting for the Cy Young as well. Logan Couture is producing more so for the So you're saying maybe Alex Chazon should be in the mix also? Yeah, why not? Why not? You know what I mean? Alex Chason is shooting at like 80% right now. He could be in that game where they're shooting targets in the corners. I thought if there was an extra Sharks player going, they would try and force Joe Thornton in. I mean, he only has 20 points, 37 games, but he's still just like legendary Shark Joe Thornton. You'd want him in the mix. Leon deserves to be there. He should be there. I'm not horribly surprised. I think he should have been there in the original um, selections. So yeah, no, this is just uh, riding the ship, if you ask me. The thing with that is that no matter... As long as Connor McDavid is on the team, no other Oilers are going to go to the All-Star game unless he backs up. Except for this instance when there's another Oiler going. If, or if we host, <laughs> yeah, Sharks or are ho- if we host the game. Sharks are hosting. Speaking of that. And if uh, someone gets voted in. So that's why it's nice that Dry got voted in. Actually. This is the first time there are two Oilers at the All-Star game. Since 2001, they sent Doug Waite and Yanni Niedema. Wow. Wow. Those are two classic Oilers. Shout out to... Tyler Yarmchuk, who didn't know that this morning and got chirped hard for Does Tyler him. know anything? He uh, admitted that Tyler he doesn't, doesn't know, know a lot about the Oilers before 2006, and apparently the text lines 
were lit up about it. So <laughs> that is not a that is, that is not a way to endear yourself to the people that text the radio. She was also four years old when Horkoff and Ninama went to the uh, All Star game. So Doug wait. Or sorry, yeah. Noted. John Horkoff comparable. <laughs> Doug wait. Uh, so one thing I'm actually excited about is since they changed the format to the three on three tournament. Connor and Liam together on the ice in a three-on-three tournament. Add maybe Brett Burns on the back. Eric Carlson, that's dead. This could lure Eric Carlson, Timothy, as a free agent. Yes. So you have Dreisaitl and McDavid, Carlson in the point, and he's going to be like, good gravy. This is how I want to spend the next eight years of my career. And at he's going to sign here as a free agent. And a <laughs> he's going to sign as a discount because he's a good guy. We're going to send him some mustache wax. Do they still win the like a million dollars if they win the all-star tournament? Yeah, I think so. Is that a thing still? Yeah. <laughs> If I'm, if I'm honest, Dan, I've been out of uh, the all-star mix for a little while now. I want to go ahead and thank... I want them our, to go back to... Oh, sorry. No, I just want to say I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Forward for taking us through these first 15 minutes of this podcast. I really appreciate you. However, we are still looking for not one or two or three, but seven 1987 Ford Escort GTs. I like that uh, old GMA was taking some heat on Twitter for uh, keeping the nation truck very dirty. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Graham has been driving the nation truck since Jay is on a holiday right now. And our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, they saw a picture of it. Uh, a nation reader posted it on social. The first thing they noticed, Chris, was how dirty Graham was keeping that truck. Which, I mean, part of me is like, well, it's wintertime in Edmonton. It's tough to keep anything clean. But part of me, man, when you're driving the nation truck, you got to keep that thing spotless. You got to keep it sharp, Graham. You're going to drive that thing for another week or so. Whenever Jay gets back, I'm not really sure. We're going to need that fresh wash, maybe a bubbles, a trip to bubbles, get it detailed inside too. He is in Australia, so he may never come back. He's actually in Hawaii now, I think. Oh, is he in Hawaii? Yeah. Well, he had to split up the the flight home or else. smart move. It just may not work. The flight's too long, I'm telling you. But it it didn't take Graham long to give the truck a quick wash. Post another picture online. Show the show the boys assured for that uh, he keeps it spotless. So Graham told me that this is the fourth time he's had to wash the car since or the truck since he got it. So four times in like a month. Yeah, That's- I like to think of him in his driveway, <laughs> in his driveway with a nice warm uh, bucket of suds, hand washing. Yeah, some jean shorts, little uh, crop top. I know it's cold, but you know Graham puts the effort in, keeps himself warm. Also, shout out to Graham from our earlier topic about the shock cable because he watched the entire game <laughs> through the panely uh, strobe light and kept calling me to let me know <laughs> that his cable was still not working. And I felt real bad for him, but unfortunately, I was unable to provide any technical help. He called me last night. I had my phone charging and he called me. I missed his call last night, too. And now it's nice to know that uh, I just missed him complaining about the shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Graham. Missed you, buddy. Enjoy. So- paying that bill for the upcoming month friendly reminder to everybody that if, if you do see the nation truck on the streets snap a pic of it post it online to twitter facebook instagram tag the nation truck tag short for tag oilers nation and uh get entered to win a hundred dollar gas card you're telling me chris yep. that if you see that thing i can take a picture and i can put it on twitter or instagram with hashtag nation truck and i'm entered into a draw for a hundred dollar gas card you can't win the prize because you work here yeah you can't Damn it. The people can, though. All right, Neither people. can you, Rick. Sorry. Win, win it for me. Win it for me, people. <laughs> we actually had a conversation whether we should put Rick in the draw uh, in December. I feel like Rick should be allowed and to win everything that we offer. I agree, but we voted against it. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> sorry, Rick. I agree, but <laughs> Off no, the island. You were taken off. <laughs> Boys, the next thing I want to look at is um, one of the most recent acquisitions by the Edmonton Oilers on December 30th. Peter Chiarelli shipped Drake Kajula and the contract for Jason Garrison to the Chicago Blackhawks in return for Brandon Manning. Now, the Oilers have played six games since that trade took place, and Brandon Manning has only been involved in three of them. Cam, I'm wondering, can you make any sense of what's going on with this move? No. Uh, <laughs> like bluntly no um the funny thing about this is like i i don't really have an issue with the petrovich edition but if you look at petrovich and manning kind of in the aggregate they quite literally just acquired eric griba and brandon davidson two players they could have had at a combined what 1.75 better and cheaper yeah exactly so like you 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 easily could have had that six seven seven eight five six whatever you want to call it they just had those players davidson wanted to be here Griba was under contract. Now they have to pay Griba a buyout. 
and they have Manning signed for next year. And you add like Spooner and and um, Manning's money, and you have like a good chunk of what you could be throwing at, say, like Eric Carlson. This is just more of the stupid GM doing stupid moves and taking this organization backwards from the day he got here. There was no this was this move was not necessary. Like you knew we were having some issues, but you did not have to go and spend so much to get somebody who's not even gonna be in your lineup in a week when Russell's back. And then three weeks later when Clefbond's back. When those two guys are back, he is not even he's not even on the raw. You can't you can't even put him he's on the roster. On he's gotta be he's gotta be in the AHL. So now you're you you save a, a million dollars on him. You've got a million point two five guy to play in the AHL who's still not gonna get ice time down there because you got other guys who need to play in front of him. That move was absolutely horrible. And you go and you drop a good a, a forward who does everything you want out there. Yeah, he's not perfect, but he's at one point five million dollars. Who gets paid that is worth is perfect. Nobody. He scores goals. He goes out there. He brings some energy. He can skate with Connor. He hits. He, I've seen him fight with a broken jaw. Like that move right there should have been the end of Chirelli. Plain joke, and simple. Bang done. The joke has been made a couple times, but only Peter Chirelli could make player people and a fan base miss Ryan Strom and Drake Kajula. Well, it was cl- it was clearly a desperation move, but I don't know how that was approved. Like we've talked about a million times, we we're all under the assumption that his moves have to be approved by some someone higher than him or someone lateral. Or they should be at the very least. They should be. And how do how do you let that one go? Well, he's uh, been courting Brandon Manning forever. Well, that brings me to a little tidbit that uh, we got from our friend Dusty Nielsen. He was over in where is that Switzerland? Switzerland? Yep. All right. So he was in Switzerland <laughs> announcing the Spengler Cup. He comes home a few days ago, three days ago. He posts his first article back in the nation, doing a little bit of catching up on the news since he's been gone, and he dropped this little nugget. Where is this stupid thing now? Ah, yes. So we knew that Peter Shirelli had been scouting Brandon Manning for a while. Based on the story that came out, he asked Connor if it was cool, if he acquired him, and that was last year. So Dusty's story says, uh, I do believe it's been mentioned that Shirelli always had Manning on his radar, but how about this little tidbit? I've been told by a very reliable source, and uh, Dusty actually told me his source on this, and it's hilarious. I will tell you guys off record, but this info is, is rock solid. I've been told by a very reliable source that at one point over the last two years, Shirelli actually had a deal in place to acquire Manning. He was ready to pull the trigger, but his coaching staff told him not to do it. I don't know what the deal was, but I find it fascinating that he's wanted Manning for so long and was told by his last coaching staff the player was not worth picking up. As it turns out, they were right. So so Todd McClellan is the greatest gift we've ever had because he saved he saved us from Brandon Manning for a while. And he also saved Evan Bouchard. He's also talked to the draft. uh, He's talked fairly out of trading John Hopkins as well. Right. That was the other one. He said, don't trade this guy. Unbelievable. So how much do you guys want to bet it was Hall for Manning? <laughs> trade us one for one. Oh, my God. It was immediately after the broken collarbone. She is like, that's our fucking guy. Let's do it. Hall for Manning. We're in. If we're trying to look at silver linings um, and trying to figure out the thought process behind it, is there anything when looking at Brandon Manning? I mean, I've got his, his numbers open here. Um, that leads you to believe why Shirelli would want him so badly, Dan? Well... I've said it before, I think I said it last week on the podcast, the, the biggest silver lining is that he didn't sign him as a free agent for $4 million this offseason. So that's that's a huge thing. We're only paying him, what, $3 million for for two more years? Two, two, five. two point, Yeah, 2.25. Even worse. I don't, like I, there is no point you go after a guy like him. Uh, you know what you have in your pipeline. As of that point, we weren't, we already had too many left-handed defensemen as it was. Uh, especially guys in his uh, skill category, if you will. The fact that he's been chasing him for so long, I, I'm scared. I wish we could sit here and think about who we could have been trading. Like, what trade did we make instead? You know I'm right. That's terrifying. No, you better not be right. That's <laughs> honestly, I don't know. Like, this this guy cannot be here any longer. Like, we're this organization is going backwards. We're going down a steep, steep hill because of him. You and he's just pushing us. You cannot give him the trade deadline. You cannot trade deadlines in what six weeks? Yeah, no, it's the it's in the. I think they got like seventeen games now until the trade deadline, so oh, it's yeah, coming up at the end of February, weeks, yeah. whatever that is. And, but him dangling that first round pick, man, that's terrifying. 
Super terrifying. Now, I've got the buyout numbers in front of me. So let's just say that you want to buy out Brandon Manning in the summer. It'll cost you 916000 next year, 666000 the following year. They would save a little bit of money. Would that be the route you would go? Or do you think there will be anybody out there that could potentially take this disaster off our hands? Cam, heavy breathing over so there. So the play now is if you just sack up, pull the trigger and guillotine Chirelli right now, fire him. There's a chance he catches on with a different organization, <laughs> and he acquires Brian and Manning. Like, when the Leafs <laughs> let go of sweet Lou Lamorello, he ended up in New Jersey, and they got rid of Matt Martin's contract. He that also re-signed uh, Leo Komarov. And yeah, he took Leo Komarov, too. Sometimes and I mean, I have nothing guys. against Matt Martin, Leo Komarov, good glue guys, but that's just contracts the Leafs didn't want, and the Oilers don't want Spooner and Manning. Yep. And if you let Chirelli go and say he goes back to Ottawa or something, maybe you can trade... Manning for I don't know Marion Gabrick or some weird trade like that. <laughs> Maybe we could trade Spooner to yeah. Peter Trelly's Manning and Spooner too. for Marion Gabrick. Let's make it happen. I'll fax it off to them. Let's do it. Trelly's gone too. Real quick around the horn. Buyout? Yes or no? Dan? Yeah, you have to. Chris? What? Sorry, what did you say the buyout numbers were? Nine nine hundred sixteen thousand. Oh yeah, year. totally. Yeah, do it. Cam? I say no. Bury him first and try and find it. Uh, try and find a suitor. If you have a really good new GM, maybe you can wave his magic wand. <laughs> and Rick, I feel like I know your answer behind me, buddy. So I want to get back on a positive note. This week, we did have some positive news. My boy, my star, my shining light, Ryan Nugent Hopkins played his 500th game with the Oilers. Can this you week. believe that? Can, it is weird to believe because he was drafted first overall in 2011. He's 25 years old. It feels like he's been around 100 years. And to see that he's actually played 500 games now with the Oilers, is that surprising to anybody, given how quickly they move guys out that he's been here for 500? Personally, he's one of the guys that I want to be here his entire career. I know that doesn't happen a whole lot anymore, but I love this kid. Chris, what do you think about Nuge hitting 500 games? I think... uh he could have hit 500 games a lot earlier if he didn't have those injury struggles. Yep. Like I'm just saying, he he played only 62 games in 2017. Uh, 55 40, and 25 40 uh, games 20, 2015 16. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's nuts. He's gonna he's gonna we're gonna be talking about him hitting a thousand games one day. Can you believe that? The weird thing about Nuge too is at 25 years old, he has already seen more shit than what. 90% of the other players in the league, he's gone through coaches. He's gone through friends being moved out. He's gone through multiple rebuilds. He's been through uh, de- his own personal development into the player we're seeing who is now on pace for about 75 points, Dan. That's exciting to me. What do you think about our boy Nuge hitting 500? It's, uh, yeah, it's so shocking to see this guy that has never aged a day since he started in the league, even in spite of all the things, like you said, that he's seen. And uh, I I don't know if there's no other fan out there that that has really ever had a problem with Nuge ever when he when it comes to his play he's just solid all around and just a great player to have. Some people will bitch about anything, so I've definitely heard some negative oh, yeah. about uh, Nuge, especially back when he's uh, younger and he's just a kid and he's having to play against you know Kopitar and Getzlaff and these guys are twice his size and they have man strength and he's you know still playing with GI Joes that uh between <laughs> between periods but no congrats Nuge love having you here uh I will only hope Chris is right and he's got five more hundred games here for sure for sure I ball oh, buddy sure. I would honestly I'd try and sign him right now I know he's got two more coming up but no I'd try and sign him right now that's the guy you want uh to be here for the rest of his career and to have him as your secondary type of player behind uh, Leon and Connor we've got great building blocks in that sense we just need to help him we need to get something around the around the edges there to uh assist these guys and uh this organization will be all set up it's a real shame he's played 500 games and only 13 playoff games. Real it's almost shame. unbelievable when you think about it. If you had told me when he was drafted first overall, I guess you could say that for any of those three in a row, but like if you had told me that 500 games into his career, we'd only see the playoffs once, I wouldn't have believed you. I probably would have slapped you clean across your face, Dan. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty depressing. Hey, he did truth. better than... So I'm looking at Oilers all-times game played right now, and Nugent Hopkins is uh, 22nd, 501. Right behind him is Sam Gagne, 481. Wow. There's a guy who is like no hell and back, just exclusively hell throughout his career. Yeah. Yeah. 
even no matter where he went, Sam Gagne yeah. has never really had a good run. <laughs> the only good yeah. run he ever had was when he was on Columbus's power play, and that's all he did. And yeah, and he had a nice bounce back yeah. here. Yeah, and he had that one game against Chicago. Oh, huge game against Chicago. <laughs> huge game against Chicago. Shout out to my friend Travis Dakin for getting butt ass naked and running down the street when that happened. He's a man that follows through on his bets, Dan. I was talking to uh, Justin Bourne about Nuge a little while ago, and he said the thing that I like about him most is that he is just a becoming a very, very polished two-way hockey player. And for a team that has none of those, I'm very appreciative. I'm very appreciative of what he does. i am also been told by, I don't think Tom Gazzola would mind if I say this, Nuge is the kind of guy who he just wants to help if you tell him he's a second-line center, he's like, all right, let's do it. If you tell him he's a first-line winger, he's like, all right, let's do it. Backup goalie. Backup goalie, he's in. You want him to be a trainer? You want him to fix up your swollen ankle? Want to wrap it up? We'll take you care of him he for could you. do the t-shirt toss? No, no. Nobody can do the t-shirt jo- toss better than Ryan Jesperson. I wish I could just do anything with half the energy of a t-shirt toss, Chris. Do you think Nuge can put on Hunter's costume and then walk up the stairs? Like defying gravity, like really? Hunter does right now. I'm going to really? say yes yeah, because really. he has got the core strength needed to make that happen. Yeah. Anything. We, we need to see some tarps off pictures of Nuge, Dan. Get some of those abs up on the. You know what? Instagrams. That's one thing I'll say about Nuge in 500 games played. We haven't seen nearly enough shirtless photos from. Not, not since the early days of the uh, the draft. Jared knows. What should we call it? The uh, the combine. combine. Yep. And they were pinching him with that little squozer thing. That little fat tester coom. You know what I'm talking about. Of course. Don't would, look at me like I'm... I would break that thing. Don't look at him. Dan, how are the runs going? They're uh, they're getting easier as the season rolls on. Uh, that stretch in over December has been uh, has been really good for my cardio. <laughs> <laughs> how many kilometers are you at now? Like if the others had lost last night, how many would you have ridden? I would have run? had to run three last... No, yes, three last night. No, Cause, four. Because we were counting OTLs four. as a... Yeah. A loss is a loss is a loss. I have ran 38 kilometers this year. Working on the fitness. We got a little. There you go. Working on the fitness. Shout out to the Edmonton Oilers for getting Dan fit. <laughs> That's what we all wanted when we came into the season. Is that hey, I'm going to get as fit as possible after every loss. Uh, yeah. You know what? It was a nice, nice little bonus for me though that I was preparing to go open some beats last night. Instead, I got to enjoy a brum. That's a win. That is a win, and I'll take that. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Get Sauced, for helping us make this all possible. We, what was I enjoying yesterday? It was the habanero sauce. Had a little chicken and rice. I yeah. Remember, I don't remember which one it was, but it was delightful. It was a habanero sauce, delightful, a little kick, massage your mouth feelings, improve your life, improve your health, improve your taste. Go yeah. see our friends at Get Sauce at 9620 58th Avenue. Give them a call at 780-462-2418. Go check them out at getsauce.com. We they have, have a fax number listed too, if that's your thing. I don't know what it is, but they do have it. Why? Because they are there to help. Dan? We uh, we were given, I think, all the sauces, all the hot sauce that they have. Now, of course, they do have spices and, and uh, barbecue sauces as well. But our supply has greatly dwindled. Bottles have gone missing. It's just been a, it's been a disaster zone. Oh, all also, been eating them all. I can't remember what it's called. The, what's the best barbecue sauce? Which one? The what's it called? Hotiyaki? Uh, Maybe. It's in our fridge. It's like full. I hid it in the fridge because it oh. said refrigerate oh, after opening. Oh, you scandal. No, no, but it's in the office. I'm going to have some for lunch today. I'm a big fan of the jalapeno one, but we crushed that bottle. Yeah, yeah, that was That bottle was RIP. Uh, next up, I want to ask Cam. Cam floated a hypothetical question for us before we started recording. He said, no, just include this. Say Coombs hypothetical question. He wants to ask, get genuine reactions from everybody. Cam, what is on your brain? All right, so here's what I was thinking about. When I was in uh, when I was in Las Vegas, I was away for about what, ten days. And I was wandering around the strip by myself, just thinking of good hypothetical questions to ask you guys when I got back. And I thought, so Daryl Case not only has a large sum of money sitting around, right? He's well, got imagine so, sure, he's got, like a, so. La- a large amount of cash. But he's also yeah. got a lot of hookups in like modern science and technology, that kind of thing. So if you're Daryl Cates and you could put all your money like into, going. into one future technology, you can either A, clone Connor McDavid and the Oilers have two, mm. or B, you can travel back in time, but only to right after they won the draft lottery and you can change who they hire as GM. Which one of the two would you do? Oh, that's spicy. So we can either A, clone Connor and have double McDavid, 
which is a sandwich I'd love to be the cream filling in. <laughs> and you're doing it right now. And I was so, just going to say that starts like today. It starts right now. <laughs> the double McFilling, or we can go back and ensure that Peter Shirelli did not have any fingerprints on this team. So everything goes back to scratch. You don't make the Reinhardt trade. You're rolling into the 2015 draft with those two top 60 picks. So we still have Mac T as our GM, essentially. Yep. Oh, man. I see everybody around the table. So thinking. you still have Taylor Hall in the mix. You can draft Barzil. You can draft Connor. And you know, like, you know what happens. So you you get the benefit of hindsight as well. Yeah, so like you, you could you be like, all right, time. I'm going to take Barzil or like Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Connor. I, I can't turn down having two Connor McDavid's on the ice. But then remember, you're ca- you have two 12.5 million McDavid's too. So you're 25 mil on those two guys. I don't think that's a bad thing personally. I still I can't turn down having two of the best players in the NHL. So you got so Connor. You got Connor line one. You got Connor, Connor two, line two. line two. And you could, on the power play, have Connor and Connor. Fast and, and like, Connor. in a third period, just double shift both Connors. <laughs> Chris, what are you thinking? Are you taking double Connor? Are you going back in time? My train of thought is also, like, if we would have, if Charlie wasn't hired and someone else came in, we kept Everly, we kept Hall. We would have had to eventually get win, get rid of one of those guys due to their salary cap. Do you? Yeah. I don't know if you do. Because then Lucic wouldn't be here and arguably oh, you don't Lucic. sign Lucic. Because Hall and Eberle at 12 mil aren't that bad. Like you see Tyler Bozak made 5 mil in free agency, right? It's a, it's a, it's a good deal. So like you, just, you, just don't, you just don't sign Lucic. You just don't sign, you know, Russell. I don't know. This is very easy. It is just no Chirelli. Yeah, exactly. It's very, That's what very I simple. It's no Chirelli. But you can't have two, two you can't have two corners on the ice. Uh, there's too many playmakers. There's too much. One guy needs the... It just wouldn't work. Can you imagine Plus, how effective you can never trust the, I've watched a lot of television and the clones, they always end up doing something <laughs> weird. They take over some sort of shit. Something goes wrong. Which one gets I named can't captain? trust the clone. Exactly. Then you don't know which so, is which. One. How do you know it's not going to be an evil clone? I'm okay with an evil Connor as long as he's on our team. But what if... No, he's going to do evil things. He'll That's do fine. evil things to us. Maybe he tries to take down the original Connor because no. he wants to be the only Connor. That's why we have Brandon Manning on our team. Speaking of this, <laughs> I have another hypothetical that I asked last year on Twitter. And it's... So imagine if right now you can get prime Mario Lemieux on your team. You get him right now. Ooh. Or... or, or like, but, but also with prime Mario Lemieux, you get Wario Lemieux. And his only thing is he wants to ruin Mario Lemieux's life. So you have Wario and Mario Lemieux on your team, and Wario Lemieux will sabotage. And how much life. are they making? I don't know. Wario, <laughs> Wario's in the lineup? Wario's in the lineup. Wario <laughs> Lemieux is in the lineup trying to actively sabotage. So Mario he's doing Lemieux's one of those life. things. He's, he's like doing like the pronger when pronger put the puck into Smith's mouth. Yeah, he's just doing that all like the that. time. And Mark Andre Bergeron stuff. Like, oh yeah, oh. yeah. I wouldn't take. That. Oh, that hurt this my feelings. Delve into the mind of Coom and his hypothetical. I've is brought to you. I've by. made my decision about the Conor McDavid uh, hypothetical, and I'm going with two Conor McDavid's because you you cannot lose with two Conor McDavid's on your team. You cannot. I don't care how but bad. Charlie's still your GM. What does he trade one of them for? Yeah, you may have just moved. Of- you may have just moved the real Connor to go get Manning and Gudis. I don't think that would happen. I didn't think they'd trade Drake for Manning. I didn't think they'd go Hall for Larson. <sighs> Those moves are all fine, though, because Connor, get, Connor has been responsible for, what, 15 of our 21 wins so far this season? Yeah, you could literally have, like, 10 Griffin Reinhardts on your team and two Connor McDavids, and you'll probably win the contest. No, you will not. Then you only have 12 no, you <laughs> like the teams, Like, teams like Florida couldn't put Barkov out for both, both McDavids. Like, it's just... It's it's too hard to say the best the best uh, the best McDavid's healthy and not tired. You have a team. You have a team of two McDavid's, and even if you split them up, your bottom six is still like Kyle Brodziak playing fourteen minutes with with Ryan Spooner. I'm okay with that. I'm you know what I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Rick. I can't. I just can't trust that Peter Shirelli wouldn't even with two Connors, even with two. I don't feel like he would be able to build a team that can work even with two McDavid's. I just don't see it. He would be like, oh, we don't have cap space for Connor too because I signed fucking, I don't know. Lucic too. Yeah, he's got, I've got Lucic's cousin, um, Bulan Lucic, and he's signed for 7.5. And he's got one and a half goals because they took it away for half a goal away from him. I don't know. I just... But, like just imagine all the like the the existential conflict the McDavid's would have. Like which one wears ninety seven, 
which one gets the C, there's going to be all this jealousy, which one's the fan favorite, who gets first star, like all the beef. Like everyone here is like, you couldn't have Hall and McDavid on the same team because, ah, the spotlight. And it's like, imagine if you had two McDavids. No, but Connor, hate each other. Connor, is, a, Connor is just a, an all-around good human being. He could handle dealing with himself for 82 games a year. They would just agree to be... <laughs> Number seventy nine and number ninety seven, <laughs> and they would trade the captaincy every game. It would just, it would be all good. Connor just let stuff roll off his back. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I want you to tweet at us at ON Radio Podcast. Which option you would take? Would you do the two McDavid's, or would you go back in time and ensure <sighs> that Peter Shirelli was not named GM right before the NHL draft? I want to know. At ON Radio Podcast, send us your answer. I'm going with no Chia. Rick's going with no Chia. The other boys are going two Connors. Cam, what do you think? I'm going with the addition of Mario and Wario Lemieux. <laughs> okay. You know what? That's option three. Mario Kart 64, Wario was my go-to. So I've got a warm spot in my heart for Wario. He was a great, great addition to the Mario Kart family. He was solid. He had good acceleration. You couldn't bump him off the track. Wario might be the kind of crazy that this team needs. Can you imagine a bottom six. You got Lucic, no, you got JJ, you got Wario Lemieux. You're worried about a guy in your bottom six who'll take a skate off and stab you in the neck with it? Wario's <laughs> purpose isn't to go out there and win games. It's to sabotage Mario. But so why, he won't even <laughs> score goals. But you guys had a problem with having evil Connor McDavid, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I, hey, I didn't say that he was going to be evil Connor McDavid. Alternate Connor could be a saint. It was Rick that's got these ideas of evil robotic Connor too. I don't watched know. A lot I don't, of TV with all the <laughs> I think Rick's watched a lot of Simpsons. It's like, but maybe you could have a situation where you got the two Connors, right? And then one of them goes into a machine, like in Family Matters. Yes. And then Stefan or Raquel comes out. It's like Connor. McDuff or something like that and he's all suave and the two Connors get along and they're dating different people and they're just like one's into art and the other one's into music and then they're both like collaborating creatively so mosaic of skills and then they love it they love they have like that jive so hard they retire from playing hockey and they go and become they go move <laughs> start to, an artisan they go, soda they company. go move to like southern spain and start getting into like sculpting yeah they start an artisan soda company called mcsodas Everybody enjoys their flavors. You can have lime and cherry, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but they are made with love. Handmade artisan sodas by McDavid 1 and Connor 2. Now, Dan, you had some 5-on-3. Back to real world. You had some 5-on-3 power play stats last night. I found it interesting that in the game against the Panthers, we saw only the second 5-on-3 opportunity for the Oilers all season. They had had 31 seconds of 5-on-3 power play time. Dan, you pulled up some numbers. You tweeted her. What do you got? Yeah, so I made the joke that that in the Oilers' defense, as, as bad as that 5-on-3 looked, uh, that had only been their second 5-on-3 that I could remember in the last two years. And then I thought, maybe I should actually look this up. And, oh boy, the stats uh, do not look good for something. And I kind of wanted to find out what you guys thought the reason with this, what this would be, uh, for what this would be. Uh, so the Oilers, over the last two seasons, have had six total six five-on-threes. That compares to a team like the Nashville Predators, who have had 29 five-on-threes. The Tampa Bay Lightning have had 23 five-on-threes. The Florida Panthers, who we played last night, have had 23 five-on-threes. Now, I did look in, and there is a couple teams that are low like us as well. Uh, The Flyers have had six, and the Golden Knights have only had eight. So what do you guys think? So the the Oilers are last for... They are, yeah. As far as I could see... It's it's hard to break down off NHL stats, but yeah. Well, first of all, the first thing I think of is it's hard to get a five-on-three power play when you're not even getting the initial call, right? Yes, like if you're getting sure. Connor, or Connor hooked and hacked and slashed, like the stuff that gets missed or just ignored on him is crazy. So that's, that's the first problem. You need to get the first penalty in. Now, second, if I'm being devil's advocate, I think they wouldn't get a five on three very often because they don't move around a whole lot on their power play. That doesn't really give the defending team much reason to chase and hook and hack and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the bigger problem is that they're not getting the initial one. First of all, Chris, I'm curious what you think because you're an actual referee man. You're the one with the eyes. Well, kind of that kind of work. I noticed you uh, holding up your laptop and squinting at things despite having glasses in your car that make you be able to see perfectly well. Chris, what do you think about this? They're driving glasses. Um, 
I actually, I really agree with your point about the Oilers' power play being bad the last two seasons, making it hard to draw a penalty on us when we have a penalty. Um, honestly, this is a stat that I just aren't. I'm not really interested in looking into. Like, I, I th- <laughs> wow, thanks, Chris. <laughs> She's becoming very evident that Chris just does not give a shit about the Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is something that. I don't want to read in too much because I know it's going to lead into a conversation about how the refs hate the Oilers and how the refs are garbage. And it's just like a common theme on Twitter right now that I'm not really into and I'm kind of annoyed about. But they are, aren't they? Like are you a lot of the a lot of the uh issues that we've been seeing that obviously get, you know, videoed or screenshotted are legit penalties. So Totally. Yeah. Like the the grab on Connor's hip last yesterday? night. Yesterday. Yeah, it, that should have been a call. The hit from behind on Connor that didn't get called. The Dowdy elbow. Absolutely. The Dowdy, yeah, the Dowdy elbow. Um, we could do this for a while. We could do this for a while, but at the same time, the Oilers are the only team I watch. I don't watch any other teams, so well, I don't know if it happens. That's fair. That's but a- I, mean, we all, I also said, like, the, the play on Pedersen, there should have been a, some sort of call there. Maybe, you know, they did get tied up and fell together. That's fine. But there's initial hook. Goudreau's had his finger damn near chopped off. He was missing time. Like a lot of these, a lot of their best players in this league are, they're expected to go through a gauntlet. Whereas you go and watch like the NFL and watch what something is called for pass interference these days, and they're taken care of. Look what they do to the quarterbacks. Those quarter, I mean Tom Brady, you can barely look at the guy without getting a flag. You gotta, you gotta compare uh, Connor to Tom Brady. Now, obviously, he hasn't got to that, all the fun stuff yet. But um, so where, where's all the stuff for him? Yeah, I'm just like, I want to hear their side of the story. Like, the re- I'm not, I'm not all I'm staring on staring right at them for the. Uh, no, I the know. Hit from so, so I'd love to hear what it exactly, is. Exactly. There's but they're obviously hidden. why are they hidden? Actually, and the referees and the referee association and everyone lo- who looks after that over the NHL are obviously aware of this commotion that the internet and the media are bringing. So, like, so they have discussed it. What are they talking about? It like what? How do they feel about the situation? How have they not put out like a, just a statement? To the yep. world like hey guys we know there's some things going slipping through the cracks here this is what we plan on doing and i don't want to sit them and light up one individual ref as much as we'd like to see it you can't do that as a as a, a company but they have to come out and say you know what things aren't meeting our standards here's what we're gonna do to change because otherwise this is just be this is just getting out of control now does the nhl have the uh the supervisor ref Still, as a part of their system, I'm gonna they have so. like they have like a fat fourth referee that's not that's sitting. Oh, off. they they have oh. a group of. Ga- just because, just because, I wonder why that guy isn't the guy that's brought out for the conversations to just explain why he would see it the way that his referee saw it. That to me, that would be the that would be kind of the answer as to. I mean, like the I think the reason that the referee association has never said anything is because they don't have to. They don't. They don't. They don't. They're not asked to by the yeah. league. The media isn't allowed to ask them the question, so they don't have to. I just don't understand how, what are we, say two, three lockouts ago, where everything got called. How did we go, and I think that was probably Crosby's rookie year or thereabouts, how did it go from anything on the hands, any holds, hand off the stick, that's a holding, how did it go from that to where we are now? This is the league not following their own rules. Fast forward a decade and it's just like, I know that was a penalty back in the early 2000s, but nowadays, I don't know. We want to get back to the clutching and holding of the 90s because it was great. Well, and there was also a focus back then, too, of trying to up the offense, and I think that that's something that... But wouldn't that make sense again now? Because we're still talking about it. We're still talking about goalies reducing the size of their fucking pads. We're talking about making the nets bigger. When you could do something so simple without changing the actual physics of the game... Just call the penalties as they should be called, and that will increase scoring. It's like they want it's an entertainment it's an entertainment league, and they want to make money um, by more action and more hits and more and like and calling a penalty on every play because of a hook. They don't want to do that and shut the game down because it won't be as entertaining. But then you're getting arguably you're getting more goals because power play goals are easier to get. So then you're so you're seeing more scoring. Sorry, Rick, you were off mic there. Go ahead. The players will figure out afterwards. When we went through that whole little 15 minutes of, you know, you can't put your stick here, there, anywhere, they started to correct themselves. Yeah, you know, you have to, it's going to look bad for a little while, but every other sport has done it and figured it out. The players will, they're not going to sit there and just keep hacking and whacking and, and 
just say, oh, why you keep calling this? Eventually, they're going to stop doing it. And once you get to there, then your best players can flourish and everything's just going to become uh, much better. Everyone wants to get away from this physical contact in this game anyways. This is only creating more of it. It's super funny to me, too, that a league that in a league where now anybody with a computer and, and a little bit of sense can clip a video clip of every missed call like instantaneously and the and the league is still kind of pretending like there's nothing wrong. Cam, well, your thoughts? You've been sitting there quietly pondering the referees and the officiating in the National Hockey League. This is know. definitely what I'm pondering. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, been a little distracted because the Blue Jays just traded Russell Martin to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, and yeah. how do you feel about that? Quick reaction. Well, the Los Angeles Dodgers are my National League team, so I'm happy. I'm sad to see Russell Martin go, but I'm ecstatic to see him potentially win a World Series in what will likely be the final year of his career. I assume there will be a write-up on this trade and more over at BlueJaysNation.com, Chris. I would expect it. That Cam. is the only place to get your Blue Jays news, BlueJaysNation.com. So I think what we've got here is a kind of like a split idea on what's going on with the refing. I think it's shit. I like the what Dan's doing on Oilers Nation's Twitter where he's making a thread of all these weird missed calls. Is that you? So no. Okay, so... I have a take on this. I think uh, like Dusty made a great point on Inside the Nation yesterday, or maybe on Monday. Anyways, about uh, having the refs come out. It was Monday. A represent a representative of the refs come out and like speak to like one media individual after the game, just like have a one on one interview. I think if you did that, so Dan's point about making like clipping every missed call. So I think the bad thing about the refs coming out and speaking after every game is because the game moves so quick. And I think a lot of the times after the game, the refs will just have nothing else to say, but like, we fucked up. Like it was a mistake. We made a mistake. Everyone makes a mistake. And when Dan goes and clips every single mistake the refs make and doesn't clip every single correct call they make, like, yeah, of course you can find anything bad about the refs. But I think that ownership of saying, hey, I made a mistake would probably go a long way with calming the anger of I think if, if you well. did if you did that after every game, it'll just get like repetitive and and then maybe everyone will come around and be like, oh, well, the refs make mistakes. But arguably, it inspires the referees to do better. Arguably, it, it inspires them when they're watching a guy get hit from behind directly to make a call. And it's some of the big of- ones. If, if something happened, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment or something ha- really fast happened in center ice, you didn't catch it really, I, that's fine. But the things we're looking at is when the ref's standing right there staring at the guy as he puts uh, Connor in from behind. Well, yeah, and, I'm not, and it happened last year too. Like he was standing on the blue line, and, and I think we were playing Nashville, and someone tripped him. He was staring. He was staring right at him. I mean, Matt Benning got put yeah, on the boards, Benning. standing right there, looking right at him. Yeah, those ones are the ones that are the issue. There are. Some, I agree with you. That things are going to happen. It's a human error. That's fine. But these things, he's staring right at him, and I don't know any official who looks at that. If you just look at that little clip, everyone's going to call it. Yeah. So I don't see how they stand how they do that and look at it and just don't call it like they can't even sit there and go i'll call too many on them because that doesn't happen either yeah and then you guys you have someone like carrie fraser who's actually speaking out about it as well and saying that i don't know what happened the ref should have called this so, so maybe like i don't know i would love maybe every 25 games like a, or every 15 games just have a represent a representative of the officials like come out and give a press conference or something yeah I, in my defense, I'm not just about that thread that I'm doing. It's not. I'm not clipping every. You don't have to single, defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah How but dare I, you? Just, you know, I'm not. I'm not clipping every mistake that the referees make. But but there is some egregious ones where it's just or like Petrovic getting getting concussed because of a hit for, in the back of the numbers. Like Connor kind of being stuff. thrown into the boards <laughs> from five feet away. Like that's one of, when you're in peewee, you're taught do not hit somebody from behind in that area. Is one of the most dangerous areas on the ice. Best player in the world. Chuck them into the boards head first. Why not? Uh, <laughs> ref arguments brought to you, of course, by our friends at Get Sauced. Go check them out at GetSauced.com and find a way to improve your life. I guarantee they will have a sauce or a seasoning or something that will inspire you to cook better, to drink better, to make your mouth happy. From the inside out, our friends at Get Sauced are improving your life. Go check them out at 9620 58th Avenue or give them a call at 780-462-2418. Boys, we've got some very important recap work to do right now. As you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, we have been running the Milan Lucic gold draft over the past... When did we do that? About a month ago? Yeah, about a month. A month-ish. Yeah, before Christmas. There was 44 games left. Looking at the... 
the spreadsheet that we built for ourselves to know where all the games are, who has what. There was a lot of wrongs on our guest board, except for one of us. Fuck yeah. A couple of days ago, against the San Jose Sharks, Ryan Nugent Hopkins feathered over a beautiful pass. Jesse Pugliarvi got it to Nuge. Jesse Pugliarvi, great board work. Gets it to Nuge. Feathers the pass over to Lucic. Drains it. And one Cameron Lewis got the first point of the Milan Lucic goal draft. I didn't think it was going to happen. We didn't think it was going to happen. We had had conversations around the table. What happens if he goes zero through the rest of the, of the rest of the season, we would have all been tied at zero. But right now cam is taking a commanding lead with one goal. And I just want to get your thoughts on what happened this week. Cam, go ahead. I was, um, I was never in doubt. I always knew that this game that I picked against the sharks was going to be the one. And I'm feeling very safe and very comfortable with my lead right now because I know for a fact that Lucic is going to score again when we go down to Calgary and play the Flames at the end of the season, and I'm going to have two Lucic goals, and there is no way in hell any of you guys are going to beat two. And I already have my jersey picks ready to go. I know exactly what, what shirts you guys are buying. I think everybody around the table is going to remember where they were when Milan Lucic scored his second goal. Kim, do you remember where you were when Milan Lucic <laughs> scored his second goal? I do. Goal? I was actually at Manning Town Center Cineplex Theater. I was watching Bumblebee. <laughs> and I... Uh, so I, confident that he was going to score. You didn't I had jump. myself... Yeah, I was so ready. I knew I was Lucic just scoring this game. Evan, the intern, sent a text to the group chat before the game saying, I got a good feeling about this one. I agreed. Went and watched Bumblebee about 45 minutes in. I had an ADD fit, and I had to whip out my phone and look at it, and I had about 25,000 texts from you guys. I've, well, I have a question about that. Do you, like, when your phone's in your pocket, did you have it on silent, or was I, it still vibrating? On silent, always on silent. Because I laughed so hard when we realized that you were at a movie and that you weren't watching, <laughs> Yeah, and we were just like, oh, we should flood his phone, so by the time he checks, there's 6,000 messages. To me, I think the reaction on Twitter was one of the most entertaining parts of the goal. There was one part just like pure relief and happiness for the guy. And then that turned into the gallows humor again, where everybody starts making jokes. So like, what did you guys think when you finally saw him score his first in 42 games, Dan, go ahead. Well, I was doing the tweets for ON and for me, it was like, I was just kind of half paying attention to the game at that point. Cause we're getting pounded by the sharks, but man, like, such chaos and and just craziness ensued. I'm trying to get ON radio podcast tweets out, and we're and we're trying to you know update the scoreboard and all that. It was just it was a ton of fun. It was it was neat to see people. I think genuinely excited for him. But then, like you said, then we had a a bit of a laugh about it. How he's on pace for you know X number of goals this year, and he's also scored more goals than Taylor Hall this year. That kind of stuff. He said it right. It's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you can't. There's nothing else after that. It's about fucking time. And it was, it was, in a, it, we were getting killed. It's about fucking time. High five a couple guys, skate off the ice and try not to then do continue it again. with his gold drought again. Like that's what happened last time he scored at the beginning of the season. And last season when he scored, he went on another gold drought. So I mean, it was, it was cool, but we're just back to where we were before with uh, him on another gold drought. When he scored in the season opener, we were at the brunch party and I was just like, there you go, Luch. Big man's back. He's on his way to 20. Here we are on pace for what? Like three, four? We're over halfway, so maybe three. Ah. He was on pace for 82 goals a, a year. It was, it was close. For a minute there, it was close. I just want to go ahead and salute Milan Lucic for finally ending this drought. I want to give a hearty congratulations to Cam for picking a game where in which he scored. I felt like maybe last night because I had last night's game against the Panthers, I thought maybe this was going to be one of those things where finally the drought gets broken and then he pops another quick one he in the next game. He had a couple chances. He had a good deflection that was saved by Reimer, but the chances were there. Over Overall, I'm not overly concerned. I don't think Cam has this in the bag just yet because 80% of the games that I chose are in February. I've only had two games so far. So looking That's at good ratio. the next little bit here, uh, since you guys brought it up, Dan's got the game against Arizona on Saturday. Rick's oh, Rick's got like three games. Yeah, Rick's Rick's so unless, spread out unless Lucic blows up in this game against Vegas, Toronto, or I think this is Nashville, the one in the corner. Yeah, and I think it's game over for Rick. In the next two weeks and change, Cam, you've got three games. Uh, in the next four weeks, you've got four games. So there's a lot of cam coming up here in this next little bit. I'm curious to know what you guys that are listening think about the Milan Lucic goal draft. Do you think Cam can win this with one goal? 
Do you think that this is a reality that we're going to have to buy horrible jerseys that this strange bet has brought upon us? Are we going to have to do that with one goal? I want I want you to let us know. Looking at, uh Chris said he has a big block of games there at the beginning of February right through until the end of February. Chris has got pretty much every game in there. There's like eight or something, yeah. So there's a lot of time left. There's still a lot of games to be played. However, however, the interesting part about it will be that he hasn't scored a whole lot. He's not getting a whole lot of shots. Where are we going to end up? If you just your gut feeling around the table real quick. Gut feeling. He's got two in the season. Where do you just your games aside, where do you think he ends up at? I think he's probably going to have two. I think we're going to have a tie. One, one tie. <laughs> I think uh, at the beginning, we, we were talking about this when we first started the Lucic goal draft. I think I said four goals total, and that's what I'm sticking with. Cam, do you think, where do you think, right now you are our leader? I'm, 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 I'm comfortable with my lead, not just because of this one, but because I'm so confident he's going to score in that last game that I think I'm going to get two, and I really can't see any of you guys getting like three. But I think he scores I think he scores like three more goals the rest of the year. This is my bet. I'm guessing at the end of the season, we've got a three-way tie. He scores two more goals after the one he got this week. None of them land on Cam. The, the remaining two don't land on Cam, and we've got a three-way tie that we have to figure out at the end of the season. <laughs> That's what I'm figuring. Rick, you've been the most bullish on his production. Uh, what do you think for the rest of the year? He's going to finish the year with six to seven goals. Write it down right now. Six to seven goals is where Milan Lucic finishes at the end of the year. The scary thing is, where does he rank in goals scored on the team? Yeah, exactly. Six to seven goals, and I don't know where he sits right now. Or Yeah, yeah. no, he's six to seven goals, and it's going to be... Would that be even like fifth or sixth on the team? And you also thought scoring? he was going to score a bunch in December, and you're wrong. So I'm not taking anything you said. It has to, as you shouldn't. It has to <laughs> as you shouldn't. It has to hurt you that you, like Bag Milk said, you gave him the most faith, the most yep. hope, yep. and he let you down and instead gave Coom. That's okay. The, That's uh, okay. Look, I cheer for the name on the front of the jersey, oh. and the Oilers got two points out of that last night. If Cam gets a uh, a victory or a, you know a smiley face out of it, I'm okay with it. At the end of the day, as long as the Oilers are winning, then I'm fine with a big goose egg. There's we, one. There's two things that the two things that Rick loves: wins from the Oilers and smiles from Coom. And who doesn't? Should we maybe start a reader goal draft at this point, oh. or? <laughs> Do we oh, have to do man. so much misery? Okay, side prop bet. Prop bet, side bet. Who scores more goals from the rest of the season? So Lucic has got two. Reader's got zero. Who comes out ahead by the end of the season? I think Lucic will, because Lucic gets top six minutes, even though he doesn't deserve it. Reader does get chances, Some, though. He's got the wheels. He was on I overtime think, yesterday. I think Reader gets it. I think Reader is going to be playing with Dreisaitl more so now. We got Dan's got a Reader. Chris has got a Lucic. Yep. Cam? I'll put it this way. I think that Reader scores less goals for the 18-19 Oilers than Jason Garrison did. Ouch. And that is one. Yeah, no, I'm on. Uh, Lucic will outscore Reader this year. I don't think Reader, Reader may not even get any. That'd be amazing. I'm going to go. I'm going to follow. I'm going to say, Tobias Reader, you're going you're gonna to win this, buddy. Go. You're going to come through for me. I think that Luch is going to end with four and Reader's going to end with five. Put that in your Whoa. pipe, Chris. That's a that's a lot of goals for those players in the last half of the season. Enjoy that content. Uh, we are running out of time. We've got some Twitter questions. We'll hold it over for next week. Jared is giving me the high sign. One thing I want to end off with is I want to give a shout out to Mark Polivchuk. Mark Polivchuk, because he went ahead and started. Has Chiarelli been fired yet? .ca or has Torelli been fired? .ca Go check that out. Give that guy some traffic. That is a hilarious thing to do. He spent a couple of shekels, get a domain, start a little counter on there. Has Torelli been fired? .ca Shout out to Mark Polovchuk and everybody that sent that to me. Next week we're going to look back at some preseason predictions. Dan has a present for the office. We're going to go back to Twitter. We got a lot to get to. Jared's playing us out. Thank you very much to Sherwood for the Giant and Get Sauce for making it all possible. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. I think I'm dreaming, but I don't sleep at night. No matter who I'm seeing, if it ain't you, girl, it don't feel right. Can we pick it up? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.